this time and say thank you. We thank you for all the works that we can see, for you working in our lives. Lord, for your great love that is told us in your word. Lord, for, for the Bible, for the cross, for the fact that you save us. And you save us not because of what we can do or could do. You save us because of what you did do. Lord, we thank you that you choose to work in our lives and be involved in healing and giving us strength from day to day. And, Lord, answering our simple little prayers. Lord, we thank you for building your church and giving us opportunity to serve you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. And hopefully... uh, Uh, We tried it out uh, during the missions conference, uh, playing a um, uh, slideshow that actually uh, they've put together, and hopefully it's like in a Dropbox type thing, and so uh, we're we're praying that at the end of the service we'll be able to show the slides and let you see at least a uh, a little bit of of the uh, beauty of Romania and uh, the ceremony and all of the things that were there is a uh, looks like a uh, just a, it was a wonderful time and and of course the most important thing about weddings and marriage is the spiritual things that go into it you know so oftentimes we. We have a tendency to take care of all the physical things and 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 uh, not overlook necessarily, but sometimes just put the important things on the back burner and the unimportant things on the front burner. That's normal uh, life. And this t- tonight, what I'd like to do is just take a few verses here out of Ephesians chapter five. And, and, of course, we understand and we know that when two people come together, they uh, love each other and they, they are pledging their, their troth, as the old English word is, their lives to each other to serve each other and to serve Christ together. But this passage here uses marriage as a picture or to help us understand Christ's love for his church. And I just want us to start reading here in um, verse 21, and we'll just read right through the end of the chapter. In Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read 21 through 33. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord The church. 
For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And so, as we look at at this passage, we want to understand something. It's about Christ's love for His church. I don't know about you, but I enjoy doing weddings. I mean, they're a a lot of work sometimes. And and, uh, I remember... uh, Brother John and Resty and his wife, they got married in this church. And Brother Yuichi and Miss Yukari and Brother Dave and Carolina. And uh, let's see, do we got anybody else that was married here tonight? Uh, uh, and had a little part in Brother Franz and Miss Sonia's wedding out in Kentucky. You know, I, I like weddings. It's kind of like the icing on the cake. And... Uh, and somebody said, how, how did you do with, with, with Sarah's wedding? You know what? I actually enjoyed it. I had fun that day. You know, Chad is such a good guy, and, and they just worked together. And, you know, there, there was a time when I thought there'd be uh, no man uh, worthy of taking away one of my daughters from me and her affection and all of those things. But uh, let me tell you something. One of the Lord is in it. It's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. And uh, there, there doesn't need to be any sorrow. And while we were there, Sarah had uh, all of us, Andrew and Hannah and Rachel, and we all went over to Sarah's house Thursday night, and she fixed dinner. And it was just so neat to be in their little house and, and uh, watch them putter around the apartment and just... Sit there and enjoy it. I mean, that, that was, that's what it's supposed to be about. I mean, uh, there ought to be some love in a marriage, in a family. That together, God, God intended it that way. And, and it, it's hard sometimes to preach on this subject because we live in a city where there's so much pain and so much sorrow concerning the family. So many broken families, so many, so many mistakes that have been made. And, and we end this passage saying this is a great mystery. And you know what? Gentlemen here, if you're married today, let me, let me challenge you. Don't ever get over the mystery. Don't, don't ever get past that. And, and ladies... If you're married here today, don't get past the mystery that this person has given their life to you out of all the people that live on the face of the earth. You know, there are some people that will never get married. You know why? Because they think they understand that. And if you understand it, don't get married. Because you'll spoil it. It's supposed to be a mystery. You see, that's what makes love 
love is the fact that I can't explain it. Are, are you with me on that? Do you understand that? I mean, and, and I want you to get a hold of something tonight. There's a mystery concerning Christ's love for His church. And even if we miss out on that love and that mystery in the physical world, in this relationship that we have with other human beings, guess what? We can get it in the church. Because Christ loves us. It doesn't make any sense. Why would He do what He did to save us? If you ever get over the mystery as a Christian, you spoiled your relationship with God. Praise God, He doesn't give up on us. But we can sure lose an awful lot of stuff. And so we want to just start at the beginning of this passage here. And Paul is giving instruction to the church at Ephesus. And he says, listen, it starts with submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know, that's a word that we don't like in the English language. I mean, how many of you remember second grade? My second grade teacher's name was Mrs. Kilgore. And she was as mean as her name. I mean, she was, she was just a frightening person. You know what she made us do? She made us listen to her. I am still scarred. No. You know what? If there isn't a submission to authority, you can't have anything. You can't have a society. You can't have a church. You can't have a family. Guess what? You can't have a relationship with God. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with another human being and refuse to do anything that that other person would like or want to do? How many of you have ever had a friend like that? I want to be your friend, and I'll be your friend as long as you do everything I say just the way I say it. Anybody have any friends like that? I remember meeting a a preacher one time. He says, I'm either going to be your best friend or your worst enemy. I said, what in the world is this? I said, listen, you're going to have to make that choice. Of course, he did. And it wasn't the right one, of course, but how in the world can you force someone to be your best friend? You know, there's got to be a willing submission of authority one to another in the church. That's how we get along with each other. How different are we from each other? I mean, just look around the room. You want to find out how different you are from another human being? Get married. Amen? Uh, you're going to learn that there are some differences there. 
And God put them there. But if you'll submit to proper authority, guess what? God makes it work. He makes it work in the church. He makes it work in the family. He makes it work in society. He makes it work everywhere. You see, Christ is the head of the church. I, I, sometimes someone will come in and say, well, I guess this is your church. No, it's not my church. You know, we have to make decisions as a church. All major decisions that our church makes is made by the body. We don't have a little committee that runs everything. Now, we, we have two trustees that serve with me, and the three of us together do the uh, day-to-day running uh, of, the, of the business of the church, but that's all at the church's direction. You know why? Because it's not our money we're spending, it's yours. It's everybody's, it's ours. We put it together, and we work together to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, the Bible says that we need to submit our authority to Christ if we're going to enjoy that love. And I've met some people over the years, uh, they went ahead and got married, but there was, I'm going to have my life and he's going to have his life, or I'm going to have my life and she's going to have her life. You know, you know we didn't, I didn't get married to stop being my own person. Well, I did. I, I got married to stop being my own person. You know why? Because what I could do on my own wasn't good enough. Now, it's still not good enough, but it's a whole lot better than it used to be. Because God gave me somebody to help me. And we work together. And, and that's the way it is in the church, my friend. As we submit ourselves to the authority of Jesus Christ, He is the head and He is the Savior of the body. You know, we when I was just a teenager uh, growing up there in the in the mid seventies, they came out with the late seventies. They came out with this thing called the Equal Rights Amendment. How many are old enough and lived in America long enough to remember ERA? I mean, what what? Um, just how ridiculous can you get? There's only one way for men and women to be perfectly equal. That's for the women to become men and the men to become women because neither one of them will do a very good job and everything will get done lousy and we'll all be equal. Uh, that's what the Equal Rights Amendment was all about for a little history lesson there, was trying to make men women and women men. And, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's working today. Take a look around you. Uh, we're, we're having a lot of gender blurring and all of that, but I'll tell you, I found peace and direction and contentment in doing it God's way. And if our nation needs anything, it needs some men to be men and some ladies to be ladies. You see, that's where I find my purpose and my direction. That's where I find the peace and contentment and all of the things that they say they're looking for. You know, what more could you want? I've had so many people say this over the years. Pastor, I just want to live a good life. 
I, I just want to be able to enjoy life. Well, I'll tell you what. It all starts with submission to the authority of Christ through His local church. And in a family, it starts with submitting one to another. But it's wives submitting yourselves to your husbands. And guess what, husbands? That means you got to get enough uh, whatever about you to find out where you're headed so that your wife will have something to submit to. Amen? Uh, it says, as Christ is the head of the church, as the church is subject to Christ. You know, there is absolutely nothing that we need to figure out as a church as to what we are doing, because it's all spelled out in the Scriptures. Amen? Uh, there, there are lots of things that could go on and lots of things that churches do, but I'll tell you what we need to do is what the Bible says. That's why we have a missions conference. Are you okay, guy? All right. That's why we gather together on Sundays. The Bible says. That's why we take an offering. The Bible says to do these things. Um, He'll stop as soon as you get there. But let's read on here. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And so we come here to verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I want you to think about the love that Christ has for the church. You know what? He gave himself for the church. It seems to be an absolute ridiculous thing today. I heard a commercial let me, that, that a man should give himself for his family. I'll tell you what, I'm glad I had a father that gave himself for his family. I heard a commercial where I was going, and it said, you sacrificed for your family, and you even gave up your golf game so that your uh, kids could play soccer, and now it's time for you to buy a brand new car. Now, I don't get that reasoning. My, my father gave up an awful lot so that we could go to the Christian school. So that we could do the things that we did as a family to serve Christ. My father gave up a lot of time. I remember one time as a little boy, just sitting on my dad's lap and saying, Dad, will you stay home tonight instead of going to the church? Because he was there all the time. He was one of the trustees, fixed everything in the building. You know what he did? He took me to church. And I started helping him fix everything in the building. We've been doing it ever since. Amen? You know what? Jesus wants to take you with him. He gave himself for us. That's how much he loves us. And look what he wants to do. It says, 
that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You know, when a man takes his position as a biblical husband and leader in his home, he's only going to want what's best for his wife and the family. He's going to provide for them. And Jesus has given us that picture of his love here. And not only a picture, but he's done it in reality. He has given us everything that we need to be presentable to him. Now, get the idea here. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And we are rebellious sinners in His sight. We have no right to enter the palace, let alone claim a relationship with the King. Do you get that? The idea is the great king marrying a poor pulper. You know what? That would be embarrassing for the king to look out over his whole realm and say, the only person I can find is this poor indigent who can't even take care of themselves. So you know what Jesus does? He cleans us up. He gives us of His riches. He makes us partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He makes us rich with His. He makes us heir to everything that He has so that we can be worthy of His love. Do you get that? You see, there's no storybook There's no religion. There's no invention in the heart of man that comes close to the love that Jesus Christ has expressed for us in His Word. Isn't that an incredible thought? And He says, just like you have marriage here on this earth, He said, I want you to understand my love for you is deeper than that. And I have made it so that you would not feel inferior and unwelcome and unworthy. I've made it so that you can walk, as the writer of Hebrews, boldly to the throne of grace, that you can obtain mercy to help in time of need. That's the love Jesus has for His church. It says that a man ought to love his wife as his own body because that's how Christ loved us. And this is a great mystery. Now, I want you to get the great mystery. Look at verse 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Christ is saying, listen, you're closer to me 
than a husband and a wife can be. You are part of my body. Uh, That's the local church, by the way. He says, you're part of that. You're part of me. And this is a mystery. We can't understand it, nor should we try to explain it completely. What we should do is live in it. We should bask in the love that Christ has for us. We should enjoy that love. We should live in it and be strengthened by it each and every day. You see, Christ loves His church. He gave Himself for it. I become part of that by submitting my will to His. And in submission to my will, in as Jesus said several times in Scripture, in losing my life in Him, guess what I really get? I get real life. See, that He may present it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Don't try to explain it any more than a husband should go to a wife and say, after our marriage of 26 years, I finally understand the logic of love. Hit him with a frying pan. Amen? Try to knock some sense into him. There's no logic there. It's a mystery. Don't try to figure it out. Enjoy it. Because that's how God meant it to be. And God meant us to enjoy the mystery of His love every time we assemble together in Jesus' name. You see, He loves the church as His own body because it is His body. And we're to serve Him because of His great love that He has given us. And all God's people said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. And Lord, we have walked among some of the most intimate passages in all the Bible. How that you share the fact that you love us and how much you have loved us and how this love ought to be reflected in our lives. Lord, we ask that you would make us mindful of our responsibilities and our relationships, especially marriage and and that of parents toward their children. But Lord, that you would Help us to take a few moments and think and contemplate on the relationship that you wish to have with us as our Savior, as our Lord, as the head of the body, the local church. And Lord, this truly is a mystery. Help us not to worry about the mystery but to live each day 
in submission to your love. We ask that you would guide and direct us and let us live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, we'll just have the piano play. We won't sing tonight, but if you just need...